Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, May the 23rd, 2023. It is currently 7.19 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, when you think of sins that you need to avoid as a Christian, when you think of those sins that you need to repent of, those sins you need to confess, those sins that you need to feel bad about, those sins that that you are preoccupied with trying to avoid and to try to protect yourself from, when you think of all the sins that you struggle with, do you ever feel that there could be a lot of sins that you don't really feel that guilty about, you're not really that worried about, you're not really that concerned about, and if they manifest in your life, no one else really cares about. In other words, as a Christian, are there a list of sins that you're like, whatever I do, don't do that. Whatever I do, avoid that. Whatever I do, whatever I do, I've got to stay away from that because that would be like total destruction. That would be the end of everything. And I think as a Christian, you probably have a list of sins that you think are the, are the grievous sins, the big sins, whatever words you would use. There's just some sins, you know, those are horrifying and those are horrible. And at the same time, whether you want to admit this deep down, deep, deep down, you know, there are a, a number of sins that within Christianity, within your church and within my church, are socially acceptable. No one's going to be church disciplined. No one's probably going to be confronted. No one's going to feel very guilty. Oh, they may admit that it's a sin, but it's one of those kinds of sins that you're like, okay, okay. Now, uh, uh, other sins, shh, you know, everyone's going to talk about them in hushed tones. And if anyone hears that someone in the congregation has committed one of those sins, it'll be like, oh, everyone will be like shock and dismay. And they, did you hear? But other sins, everyone's just kind of like, oh, no big deal. Oh, come on. We, we, we have to admit this is the reality of Christianity. This is Christian culture. No matter what we want to admit, the reality is there, I don't even know what the number would be. There are many Socially accepted sins in your life and my life. Those sins that don't get all of the attention, that don't get all of the fanfare. They're not scandalous. They're not going to be, you know, the Christian post is not going to be like, hey, did you hear this pastor committed this sin? Wait, there's going to be a Hulu, you know, documentary. There's going to be a Netflix special. Tune in, you know, the downfall of, of, you know, whatever. No, because there's some sins that won't even lead to a downfall. But then there are other sins that'll be like, that's a bridge too far. Now, I think sometimes... Our distinction is arbitrary. I think sometimes our distinction is just man-made. I, I, I sometimes don't know exactly how we do that. But uh, I have been thinking about that reality today as I've been thinking about a sin. Well, well, I, we'll put it this way. 
I've been thinking about something that is being referenced as a sin. Only you can tell me if you think it's a sin or not. We, we'll, we'll try to figure that out. But it's being referenced as a sin. And it's one of those sins that I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know if I would be like, I've got to be on the lookout for that one. That's the one that's going to bring me down. Now, I think it could. But let's determine one, if it's a sin, what is, well, first we'll determine what is this thing that at least according to a couple of sources that I'm looking at, they classify it as a sin. We'll figure out what it is, try to determine if we think it's a sin, and then just try to think about all of the implications of it. And we probably will not accomplish everything in this episode, but maybe over the next couple of days, we will work on it. Now, if you if you participate in our Bible study exercises, and if you've been looking at the curriculum that we still currently have available in a digital format, you'll notice that this week, we're, we're kind of moved away from our study of temptation. This would still be connected to it. You could still connect it to it. But it's about a specific, I'm going to call it a sin because that's the way it's presented, that it's a sin, a sin that you probably does, you don't, probably don't give much thought about. In fact, if you were to type in on most Christian websites, the word critical, right? Probably the first thing that's going to pop up is critical race theory. Because Christians have been running around the country, critical race theory, critical race theory. It's going to destroy the church. It's going to destroy Christianity. It's going to destroy our kids. We've got to stand against critical race theory, right? There's been conferences where pastors have spoken against the evils of critical race theory. Books have been written by Christians. Critical race theory, critical race theory. Now, this one uses the word critical, but it's not about critical race theory. It's about having a critical spirit, a critical spirit. Now, as soon as I saw that, in fact, the title in the curriculum is Avoiding a Critical Spirit. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh boy. One, I feel that most people would probably say, I have a critical spirit. Number two, I believe that there have definitely been times in my Christian life I have clearly demonstrated one, and it may be something I struggle with. But three, I don't know if I've ever given it much thought or like, oh, I've got to feel bad about this. Oh, I've got to work. There's always other sins I'm struggling with. There's always other wants and desires and struggles that I struggle with. I, I don't know if I would ever have given it much time to say, I've got to worry about critical race theory or critical race theory. I got to worry about a critical spirit. Yeah, uh, obviously I'm not worried about critical race theory. And I think, you know, that the church getting all wrapped up in that has been uh, utterly ridiculous and funny to see the time and resources. So as Christians have been yelling about critical race theory, well, I've been critical of them being critical about critical race theory, which could then in turn mean... Well, should I be worried about having a critical spirit? And is it wrong for me to be critical of the church being so preoccupied about critical race theory? Which then leads me to all kinds of other questions. When is it that we are standing up for truth and righteousness and that we are, are we are speaking out against what is happening in the church? And when do we cross the line and have a critical spirit? What is a critical spirit? 
I, I, I just, I don't know if I've ever given this much thought. So I, I don't want to waste the curriculum. I want to definitely get the most out of it. So I'm like, well, I've got to do something with this. And I don't really have all the answers tonight. I don't. But I thought, well, let's just sit down together on this Tuesday evening. There's other things I would probably be preferring to do if I'm being honest. But I thought I would at least turn on the microphone and get us thinking about this. So I want you to just write down the two or just write down the phrase, uh, a, a critical spirit, a critical spirit. I want us to try to define what that is. Is it a sin? Are there biblical examples of a critical spirit? Are there biblical prohibitions? Are there, are there biblical passages that speak of a critical spirit? And how can we avoid it? Those, those are just some of the things. What is it? Is it a sin? Does the Bible give examples of it? And does the Bible give verses about it? And how can we avoid it? I think it's a, I think it's one of those things that we, look, sometimes we have to talk about these other Sins, if we if we classify this as a sin, that doesn't get all of the attention, right? That doesn't get all the focus. Now, if we look up the word critical, so I'm, so let's try to just figure out what what would a critical spirit be? What would what would be a critical spirit? Well, if we look up the word critical, if we look up the word critical, we will find this. Here's the definition: critical expressing adverse or disapproving comments or judgments. So a critical spirit would be a spirit inside of you and me that our personality, our nature is we're constantly expressing adverse or disapproving comments or judgments. We're always looking around and it's always negative. We're always making judgments. We're always condemning. We're condemning other people. We're condemning other churches. We're condemning other things. It's just kind of our spirit. Merriam-Webster defines it this way. This is just critical. Um, inclined to criticize severely and unfavorably. You're inclined just to constantly criticize severely and unfavorably. Unfavor Everything you criticize, you criticize, 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 criticize. Do you normally criticize? Do you normally make unfavorable judgments about just every? Is that your normal kind of, hey, that person's always critical of everything. Now, there's some ways I don't think I'm like this. There's some ways I don't think I'm like this because I can get very frustrated with people who are, right? You go to it, it, wherever you go to eat, they've got to find something to complain about. You can be on a cruise ship. They got to complain about something on the cruise ship. They can be in a nice hotel. They'll complain. I mean, it's just they criticize, criticize, they criticize this. They criticize the service, the store, uh, the, the furniture, the color of paint, the, the air, <laughs> everything. They just criticize, 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 criticize. I don't think I'm typically, I don't think that that's normally how I operate in those kinds of settings. But then there's other situations where I do find myself being extremely critical, especially in the world of Christianity, right? I'm very critical 
of how scriptures are interpreted. I'm very critical in how uh, sermons are structured. I'm very critical in how the church operates. I'm very critical on theological positions. I'm very critical. So in those cases, I'm critical. But am I being, is, have I reached a level of a critical spirit? Um, and, uh, this, this definition, again, this is Merriam-Webster. Inclined to criticize severely and unfavorably, consisting of involving criticism, exercising or involving careful judgment or judicious evaluation, that almost as in a, as in a correct way, including variant readings and scholarly emendations, um, relating to or being a turning point, especially importance or important juncture. Right. So there, there's lots of different ways of, of critical, um, relating or being, or being a state measurement or point, uh, in or at which some quality property or phenomenon suffers a definite change. In other words, you've reached a critical level. So I think, I think there are places where being critical is almost viewed as a good thing. But when you get a critical spirit, is that a bad thing? Now, there are those Christians who I think are very much the ones to speak out against wrong theology, wrong doctrine, wrong preaching, wrong hermeneutics. They are very critical. Some would say, no, 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 they're being very biblical. They're using biblical discernment. But when does biblical discernment become a critical spirit? What exactly is a critical spirit? I don't, I don't know if that's given us, I don't, I don't know if that's given us a clear definition yet. So I looked up a Christian article on a critical spirit. How can I overcome having a critical spirit? This is what they say. I don't know if they, they don't really necessarily def, they don't really define it uh, again either. I don't know if anyone has a really good definition, but here's what they write down. Or here's what they wrote. A critical spirit is not difficult to recognize, all right? So they say it's not difficult to recognize. I don't know. I, I'm not so sure of that. I think at times it can be clearly seen. Put it this way. I think it can be seen in, in almost every other area of life where people are just critical, make judgments, critical, just make, make judgments, critical, make judgments, critical, make judgments. I'm getting uh, all these weather notifications. Okay, because, you know, that's the way it goes here in West Texas. Okay, all right, so I got to turn that down. I'm going to get critical of that. Um, I, I I think there are some areas of life where it is easy to detect. They're criticized this. I mean, you, I, you've probably been around some people like that. You may be one of those people. They just criticize everything. And you're like, for crying out loud. Okay, can, can you just not worry about it and just live your life and be happy? Why is everything a criticism? Why are you never happy? And you got to make judgments about everyone, right? Oh, do you see her hair? Do you see their clothes? Do you see that? You see how their kids act? Do you see the car they drive? Do you see how? And it's just like, could you stop? So there are some areas where I definitely can see it. But to me, when it enters into the world of Christianity is where it gets complicated, right? Because that sermon? No, that's a wrong interpretation of Scripture. Is that, being a, is that a critical spirit? No, that's a wrong theology. Is that a critical spirit? Wait, the church did what? It, I don't know if that's biblical. Is that a critical spirit? Now, clearly, see, now when, once you get involved in Christianity, once you start talking about things the Bible condemns, you then you you then can you 
you can have a spiritual justification for being so critical. So when is it a critical spirit there? So in one way, in one way, um, I believe, in one way, I believe it is easy to identify, but in other ways, I'm not so sure. Let's see what else they had to say in this article. A critical spirit is not difficult to recognize. Its fruit is usually evident. All right, maybe. Here we go. Someone with a critical spirit is prone to complaining, seeing the glass as half empty, ruining unmet expectations, a sensing failure in others more than in oneself and being judgmental. Critical spirits are no fun to be around. Neither are they fun to possess. Now I'm going to go through those again. And, and, and look, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to, I'm going to be very honest with you. Some of this, and one of the reasons I want to spend time with this is because I do believe there are elements of this that I'm very much prone to. Like, like this is one of those things that I'd be like, well, you know, just skip it. I mean, you know, nobody else, you know, nobody else probably going to know that you even skipped it. It's just a one-time kind of special study. But, but I'm like, no, this, I need this because I think there are certain ways I have a critical spirit. But then there are other ways that I'm like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, no. Come on. John the Baptist had criticisms. Jesus criticized the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Come on. There's a time. There's, uh, Paul had some strong words to say to the Galatians. I mean, come on. There, uh, so then I can find spiritual justification for it. So I, I, I don't, so I'm having a hard time defining it. And in, uh, in every area of life and almost every other area of life, I, I think I can detect it and I loathe it. I don't, li- I don't like it. I don't like it, right? I don't like people just complaining, complaining, complaining. They complain about the movie they watch. They complain about the book. And like, I'm like, no, I'm going to make the most out of it all. Like I try, I don't think I have a critical spirit in that way. But man, when it comes to the world of Christianity, I, I would, I, in one way, I would just say, no, I'm just trying to be honest with scripture. But at what point does it become a critical spirit? So let's go through these things again. All right. Someone with a critical spirit is prone to complaining. So they complain, complain, complain. They see the glass is half empty. When it comes to Christianity, I, I see, I don't only do I not see the glass is, I, not only do I see the glass as half empty, I see the glass thrown on the floor, broken into a million pieces, and all of the liquid dried up 15 years ago. All right? Uh, ruining unmet expectations, sensing failure, now, and now this, and others more than in oneself. Now, I, This is where I then struggle because when it comes to a critical spirit, I think the critical spirit I have is first and foremost directed at myself. I know every failure I've ever made, every sin I've ever made. I know how much I mess up here. I know how I know how I mess up in every podcast uh, episode. How much I mess up in every sermon. Like I, I, I have a very critical spirit towards me. So, so on one hand, I would be like a critical spirit is just what, when you focus on others more than yourself, but I don't know if that's true because I think you can have a critical spirit about yourself as well. I don't know. See, I think to me, if the critical spirit, if it's a critical spirit, 
tell me if, if you if you think I'm wrong. If it's a critical spirit, not only will it be super critical of everyone else, it will be critical of oneself. However, if it's a critical spirit mixed with pride, then maybe it will be focused on everyone else. But then pride would be the issue, not the critical spirit. I I don't know how we draw a distinction there. Because with my, I believe I am very critical of myself, like, over-the-top critical with myself sometimes. So I, so I don't know how that would fit here. Um, it's being judgmental. Critical spirits are no fun to be around. It says, as with most sin, now here we go. So they just refer to critical spirit as being a sin. They just refer to it as being a sin. Having a critical spirit is a perversion of something God made to be good. In this case, Longing for God and his perfection. So longing for God and for his perfection is a good thing. But they quote Ecclesiastes 3.11. God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. We live in a fallen world and we are often impatient to enter into the glorious perfection of which we were originally created. In a sense, it's good that we can see what's lacking in this world. After all, the world is not as it should be, nor are we as we should be. Recognizing the world's insufficiency helps us to acknowledge our need of a savior, but having a critical spirit can blind us to the grace and beauty that God continues to bestow every day. A critical spirit can also be seen as a perversion of discernment. Often those accused of having a critical spirit make valid points. They just make their points in basically an unacceptable manner. All right. So I they I understand that you can say a critical spirit is a perversion of something good. In other words, as a Christian, we should long for godliness and holiness. As a Christian, we should know God's law and hate the sin that God condemns. But at what point does that then become a critical spirit? See, no one can really articulate it. They told us it's a sin. It's a perversion of this good thing, and maybe it is. But they haven't really yet. What I'm looking for is a specific scripture that was said that would condemn a critical spirit. If you if you were put if push came to shove and you had to give a scripture that condemns a critical spirit, what would you offer up? What would you offer up? So I so a critical spirit is one that complains. It's one that condemns. It's one that makes judgment. It's one that. Well, they say, well, many times see the failure in everyone else before it sees it in itself. But I'm not so sure of that. I think that's pride. That's arrogance. I don't think that that's necessary. That's a lack of humility. Humility is the humility is when you are more preoccupied with your own sin than the sin of anyone else. So, but I believe you can have humility where you're more concerned about your sin than anybody else and have a critical spirit where you just see everything you do as a failure. But I think in a critical spirit, you can also just be condemning everything around you. So I I think we have an idea of what it is. But I think we all can, can know that, well, wait a minute, the Bible says that's a sin and that's wrong and that's wrong, that's wrong. If I point that out, is that a critical spirit? Where is that line? 
Where is that line? They go on to say, obviously, critical spirits are destructive, tearing down both the recipient and the giver of the criticisms. They have in parentheses Galatians 5, 14 through 15. They have, I'm going to mark the passage that I have here in front of me. They have Galatians here. 5, 14 through 15. Galatians 5, 14 through 15. And this is what they have. I don't, I don't know why they're making a reference here. Uh, Galatians 5, 14 through 15. Okay, well, maybe, I don't know. You can tell me what you think. Galatians 5, 14 through 15. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite, devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Is bite and devour, is that, is that, is that a, is that, is that a critical spirit? The Bible speaks against such uh, critical judgment. In Matthew 7, 1 through 2, Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Jesus is not saying that we should not be discerning or that we should ignore the fallen nature of the world. But he he is also not saying that we must never under any circumstance. Uh, he is also not saying that we must never under any circumstance criticize anyone else. In fact, the Bible tells us that we are to judge rightly. However, we are not to criticize with malicious intent or out of pride, hypocrisy, or self-righteousness. So I, 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 where, where would you go to for some passages that would be, this is against a critical spirit? So what it is, I don't know, if, have we really defined it? Is it a sin? Well, all the information I have in front of me, nobody really gives me a specific example. The curriculum, if you're looking at the curriculum, they go to the New Testament. They go to this story, right? Here we go. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. Here's the story they go to. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. So God hears this, basically attack. Miriam seems to be almost all Bible scholars saying she's the one leading it. So it's coming from Moses' own family, He's being attacked by his own family, and clearly they are critical. They are critical, number one, of him marrying the Ethiopian woman, and number two, they seem to at least question, wait, is God only speaking to Moses? They seem to be critical, maybe, of his leadership. That seems critical. Now, they get in trouble. I mean, they do get in trouble because the Lord the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and said unto Aaron and unto Miriam, come out, come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud, stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision. And 
will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently and not in dark speeches and the similitude of the Lord shall behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So he's like, hey, maybe there's prophets. I will speak th- uh, this way to them in a dream, but my servant Moses is not so. I will speak mouth to mouth. In other words, Moses is different from anybody else. Moses is clearly the one I'm speaking to. Moses is clearly the leader. And were you not afraid to speak against him? I've been speaking basically directly to Moses, not in some like normal way that I've spoken to the other prophets, but, but, but you weren't afraid. You spoke against him. You were critical. So you could argue, is Miriam and Aaron here guilty of a critical spirit? We could ask, why are they being critical? The text doesn't necessarily explain why they are being critical, but they are being critical. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's arrogance. Maybe maybe they don't understand why he married the Ethiopian woman. Maybe they don't like her. Who knows? But whatever the reason is, they are critical. Now, you would say, well, see, they're wrong. They were wrong. Now, others would be like, "What? but, but. If Moses was doing something wrong, then they could condemn him and it wouldn't be critical. Where is that line? Judge not lest you be judged. When is it right to judge? Because clearly there's times we make a judgment, right? Look, if I look at, if I look at someone and say, judge not lest you be judged, I made a judgment that they're judging. So clearly we know we can judge, but clearly there's a time that we're not to judge. There's a wrong way to judge. There's a wrong way to criticize. Can we make that distinction in a way that is truly biblical and truly fair? So here's what I want you to work on. Because I don't know if I have the answers right now. Number one, I want you on your own. I want you to write out your own definition of a critical spirit. I want you to do your best. Now, if you've got scripture, you can use scripture. I want you to write out what you think a critical spirit is. Don't worry about, well, I'm not sure. Just write out what the best you can come up with. Don't worry about whether you think it's right or wrong. Just the best you can come up with. Two, I want you to determine, do you believe having a critical spirit is a sin? And then provide the very best scriptures, at least three that you think would clearly condemn a critical spirit. Right? So I want you to define it. I want you to find three scriptures that you think would clearly identify it as a sin. Number three, I want you to find maybe three examples in the Bible of someone seemingly seemingly having a critical spirit. Miriam and Aaron there. Moses' own family. Is that a critical spirit? Do you think that's a fair description of what's going on in that passage? Israel, they seem to grumble and complain constantly. Is that a critical spirit? Where they just complain, complain, complain? Would you use that? What's another passage? So I want you to write out your own definition of what it is to have a critical spirit, right? 
Number two, I want you to find, I want you to give me scriptures that you think would prove that it's a sin. Number three, I want you to give me three examples in the Bible of someone or people, group of people, what, just three examples of a critical dis, uh, spirit being on display. And then I guess, lastly, how would, what do we need to do to change and avoid a critical spirit? Like, what's the answer to it? How to avoid a critical spirit. It, you, you, can, you can look up, you can use any resource you can come up with. You can look anywhere and everywhere. Just whatever you do, write down. Please give me the source. And remember, I always like you to email me your work. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I, I definitely know. I think there's been different times in my Christian life where I know that I think I had definitely operated from a position of self-righteousness and a critical spirit, maybe pride. Then I think becoming more and more aware of my own sin and my own failure kind of broke up a little of the self-righteousness and a little bit of the pride. I still think I can have a critical spirit especially in, in Christianity, but I don't know at what point where I'm having a critical spirit and where I'm just offering up legitimate, fair critiques of false doctrine, heresy, and apostasy. I think I have a critical spirit of myself, but then there's so many other areas of life where I don't feel like I have a critical spirit. At least I don't think so. Well, there's so much more I'd like to say, but I'll stop there. News, if at yahoo.com. That's news, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. That's news, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. I'm sitting here with my Bible, just kind of pressing it against my face. And I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm just pressing my Bible against my face. Just pressing it, going, what? What do I do with this? I don't know the answer to this. If you have access to the curriculum still, by all means, feel free to look at it. I just don't know. I don't know if they give it a good. I say, I, I think I don't. I mean, maybe you're going to find the article going. This is the best definition, and this is the best biblical support that it is a sin. I know. So I don't know. You tell me. News if at yahoo.com. News if at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. Just a little bit of uh, well, kind of guiding you into a Bible study exercise on this Tuesday, May the twenty third, twenty twenty three. Please participate. Please engage um, and let's see if we can figure out exactly what this is so that we can identify it, determine if it's a sin or not a sin, see with the scriptures that condemn it, the scriptures that show a critical spirit being lived out, and then we can figure out how to avoid it and how to, and how to change it if we find ourselves having one. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great night. God bless.